Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. So we're in a bit of a Christmas spirit here. We are. And uh, coupled with the idea that, you know, we never shy away from controversial topics on this show, I thought it would be fun for us to try and defend poor old Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> and, you know, the, the villain of the season, if ever there was one. And, you know, even if you haven't read the book, uh, nearly everyone is familiar with the story of A Christmas Carol. And so, you know, of course, in, in this story, uh, you've got Ebenezer Scrooge and he's this hardworking guy and his partner dies and he's haunted and he has to come to terms with, is he a bad person? And am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, properly uh, sharing and being compassionate and loving those around me? And am I just an old curmudgeon Scrooge, which is now a term, right? Yeah. Like, don't be a Scrooge, right? Like it, it all boils down to don't be kind of a, a selfish, mean, grumpy, you know, uh, person who isn't friendly and loving towards others. And so, you know, maybe only second to the Grinch <laughs> is, is Scrooge one of the more like infamous or, you know, infamous means famous, but for bad reasons. He's, he's a infamous Christmas character and he's, uh, you know, demonized for not being charitable and, and being cruel to his employees. But I, I like to sometimes get inside these stories and kind of see, like even Robin Hood is another great example, Ooh, right? Yeah, it is. From the rich, give to the poor. Maybe that's an episode for another day about how the, the Robin Hood story isn't quite what so many feel like it is. And so I, I think there's an element here. I'm not going to say that like the entire story that everyone's got it wrong and he's you know being totally treated unfairly, but there's an angle that I think would be fun for us to explore uh, we like to talk on this show about economics and free markets and human behavior and incentives. And so let's look at the Christmas Carol story, you know, through that lens. What if Scrooge has kind of caught an unfair break for nearly two centuries? I really like this concept because I, I like these backstories of, of villains. Um, Wicked is one of my favorite musicals. And I also read the book. And that's like the backstory of the Wicked Witch of the West, or I should say alleged Wicked Witch of the West. But uh, there's also a good book. You may remember this when we were kids. It was called The True Story of the Three Little Pigs. And it told the story yeah. from the Big Bad Wolf. And he was like, it was so funny. He was like, I was just trying to like borrow a cup of sugar. And I had a sneeze. And I kept sneezing. And they kept acting like I was blowing their houses down. But it was really funny and it just gives you this like insight. And again, it doesn't mean that I believe the big bad wolf was good. But I think like you said, it's it's kind of fun to look into these, you know, villains and maybe see like maybe they're more redeemable than we thought or maybe they're a little bit misunderstood. And, and maybe there's like two sides to a story, yeah. right? It's like you see things from one way and we've been told all along from the three little pigs that this is exactly how yeah. things happen. <laughs> maybe when you dig into it, that's not quite the true picture. And I think there's some fairness there, right? Like I think maybe that's a good lesson from these other stories is you know, the, the way you've always looked at something may not be the way that it truly is. And so it's sometimes helpful to, to look at it from a different angle. Um, so, you know, in the story, Scrooge is constantly being compared to Bob Cratchit. And, you know, sometimes like comparing these two side by side gives us an opportunity to kind of c compare and contrast their personality characteristics. Is one good? Is one bad? Is one right? Is one wrong? And so Scrooge is this, you know, rich curmudgeon, this grumpy guy. I love that where, word. <laughs> the curmudgeon. Where Cratchit is, you know, this, this underpaid, humble, 
family man who's trying to provide for his family, right? And he's got kind of a sympathetic story. And so Scrooge is a bad boss and he's underpaying his employees, making them work on Christmas, you know, only giving them a lump of coal to warm themselves during the workday. Like the story just really tries to kind of play up this idea that he's just this like mean dude. Um, but, you know, on this show, we've talked a bit about like compensation or, or pay rate, like the voluntary agreement between an employer and an employee. So when you have a boss and, you, you know, it's not slavery, it's a, it's a voluntary agreement. If you go get a job somewhere and your employer or potential employer is like, I'm willing to hire you, but here are the, uh, the, the terms of, of our relationship. Here's my offer, right? Um, and so you get to decide if you want to take that or not. And since work is voluntary, what's really happening here is that Bob Cratchit is choosing to be in that particular situation, right? Like he, he's not forced to be there. He may feel that maybe that's like, you know, the best of his bad options, right? Maybe uh -huh. he's a guy that doesn't have great options. And so that's, but it's still a choice. And if his skills were, you know, in high demand, if a lot of people wanted his services, he'd be able to find a higher paying job with a different employer. He'd be able to make himself attractive, right, to another employer and go out and say, hey, I want a better job. I want to work for you. You seem like a better person. I think he made something like 15 shillings a week. And, you know, Scrooge always paid him. But again, like if his skills were in fact in high demand, Cratchit would have options, right? He'd have the ability to leave, but but he doesn't. And, and so Scrooge is kind of depicted as the bad guy here, but there's an economic lesson, right? No one is forcing you to work for a seemingly bad employer. And if you feel trapped, if you feel like you don't have options, then I think that's an opportunity to look at your skill set and say, what do I need to change or improve? so that I do have more options. It's not like a, woe is me, I'm trapped <laughs> here. You know, it's like, okay, well, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, go read a book, go offer to work for free for two weeks for another company to get your foot in the door and show them how amazing you are. You know, go start a side hustle and, and learn something else. Like take the initiative to improve your circumstances and make yourself more in demand. I mean, I, I kind of feel like Scrooge is, savvy enough of a person where if Bob Cratchit went to him and say, hey, look, we've been working together for a long while. I know your business inside and out, but I have this other offer from this other company that's twice the rate or, you know, they give me holidays off or whatever. And I'm entertaining the idea of going there. Can we have a conversation about me maybe remaining loyal here to you, but you offering the same salary? And so Bob Cratchit, excuse me, Scrooge is now put into the circumstance, right, of having to decide Am I just going to let go of Bob Cratchit and have to go hire someone else, right? Do interviews, train someone, find someone trustworthy, wait for them for a few months to kind of learn the ropes, make a bunch of mistakes. Like, am I okay to do that and just see Bob Cratchit go? Or is he suddenly now worth more to me now that I know that he might leave? Is he worth more to me for me to increase his pay so that I don't have to deal with that headache? I mean, I'm a boss. I have a bunch of employees and when they come to me and try and ask for a raise, that is the calculation in my mind, right? If I don't give them a raise, they may go get a job somewhere else and then I have to deal with the headache of finding someone to replace them and train them and so forth. And so am I willing to risk that 
or would I rather give them a raise and keep them here? And if it's an employee who doesn't have very many skills, it's probably super easy to find someone to replace them because it's not that hard of a job. But if it's an employee who knows my business inside and out and, and, you know, it would be very hard to get someone else up to speed to learn all those things, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay you more because I don't want you to leave. And so it kind of feels to me like Bob Cratchit for all this humbleness and niceness is not taking the initiative to make himself more competitive and worth more to his employer. You're right. And it was also kind of a choice. So someone at the Mises Institute, who we've brought up before, wrote an article on this topic. And they also talked about the choice. You know, Cratchit has a ton of kids. He's got a kid with with health problems. And when you have this decision, when you, you decide to have a family and do all these things, you, know, you have to make a certain amount of money to be able to provide for your family. I, I mean, I know moms and dads both work now, but I would hate to be a dad because it feels very stressful. You have to provide for a lot of people. But it kind of feels like like Crashin is not making a wise choice. And, and I know that sounds a little bit, you know, cold hearted. But for argument's sake, that that's kind of how the world works. Uh, I'm going to maybe double down on that for a second. I, I know some people who feel like others should support them in their decisions. And, and what I mean by that in on this issue is, well, I'm going to have kids, however many kids I want. But other people are going to pay for their health care, for their school. Like they want to socialize the costs of their children. What I mean by that, it's like socialism, right? They want the society, right? Similar root word to socialism. They want society to pay for the costs. They want to socialize those costs so that they themselves aren't responsible for paying for other people. I always say, have as many kids as you want. I love it. Big families are amazing. You come yes, from one, right, Brittany? I do. Don't you? Nine yeah. kids. So 10, 10 kids, including me, yeah. Big families are awesome. They're so much fun. But don't make me pay for your big family. Yep. Right? Like if you want to have a bunch of kids, more power to you. I, I actually support that. I, I think that's a net positive for our world. I know there's other people out there who are like, only have one child. You're destroying the earth. I need to go listen to our population control episode, I think. Exactly. <laughs> so there are people out there like that. But I think big families are great. I just don't feel like I should be forced to help financially support those families. And so you got someone like Bob Cratchit. To your point, right, he's got a bunch of kids. There's risk of some kids like Tiny Tim coming up with health challenges and stuff. Maybe that's a reason to not have had so many kids if you can't afford uh, to support that many people. Kind of an interesting argument. There's another aspect of the story, though, where uh, Scrooge is approached by, I think there's a couple people who approach him uh, raising money for charity, right? And they ask him to donate and help out the less fortunate. And Scrooge, of course, he's grumpy and he's selfish and he's angry. And, you know, he mentions that there's already organizations that he's forced to pay for with his taxes. You know, like, why should I pay more? I'm already taxed for these purposes. And so, you know, we're supposed to be shocked by Scrooge's selfishness. So so maybe a question for you, Brittany. What are your thoughts? Do you think Scrooge is really being selfish here? This is my favorite point pro like on the pro Scrooge category because I think this this hits the point home on a lot of stuff that we've talked about and with Bastia as well we've talked about Frederick Bastia on several episodes but we also talked about something he talked about called false philanthropy and that's when the government likes to act all high and mighty about all these good things they're doing but how are they doing these good things they're stealing our money and they're they're forcing us to give to whatever organization they choose right this isn't and philanthropy is a word that kind of means like doing good for other people like giving mm-hmm. to charities helping out people but this isn't really philanthropic. I was going to say philanthropic. Yeah, that's how you say it. Philanthropic because it's not that everybody is suddenly such a good person. It's because we don't have a choice. There's literally a you know a gun to our head saying you have 
to, to pay for these things. That's the way our society works. But that doesn't make us good people or moral people. Instead, it kind of teaches us that theft is okay. You know, we've called this legalized plunder, I think, sometimes. And also that that anybody angry about the fact that they that they're forced to give money through their taxes is uncharitable. That we're bad people. And in Scrooge's defense, he was probably just tired of being taxed to death. You know, he was a wealthy man. We know that much. Much of his income was already probably going towards all these forced charities. So why should he be responsible for giving so much when they're already taking so much? So I really empathize with this argument, and I hope that does not make me a bad person. <laughs> but <laughs> but I I get Scrooge in this in this instance. I understand him. There, it's interesting. I've, I've actually done a bit of research here how in America, there used to be a number of fraternal societies. Uh, these are were a type like of the Masons, right? Aren't the Masons technically a fraternal? Uh-huh, yeah. A similar, a similar mm-hmm. kind. And there were a lot of them. There were a lot that were organized by like what country you came from. So like there would be a German one and there'd be an Italian one. So people of similar cultures migrating to America would, you know, join one with similar people to them. And they're you know, there were a bunch of different types. There were all kinds for blacks and other minorities. And these people, kind of like the healthcare sharing ministries we talked about, I believe it was on a, a episode. Uh, actually, no, that's on an upcoming episode because we recorded it later. Anyways, there, there's a, there are these kinds of, of businesses where people group together and they kind of share the costs with one another. They, they support one another. And that is what these fraternal societies did. People would chip in a little bit and they would cover life insurance and health insurance and, you know, caring for orphans if the parents died and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, poor people especially would utilize these because it was great for them when they needed help. And, and they were everywhere, like everywhere. And then when the government started getting involved in welfare, in, 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 in charity, what happened was just like Scrooge, there were a lot of people who were like, okay, well, I'm paying taxes. I don't need this association, this fraternal organization anymore because the government's going to take care of me. Why, why would I pay extra money when I'm already being taxed? And, and so pretty soon, these fraternal organizations, these private, voluntary, market-based associations were starved to death because they couldn't compete with the government. And so, you know, no one's knocking charity. I mean, I, I don't know that this, the idea from you know, the Christmas Carol story is that Scrooge necessarily hated charity. I mean, maybe, but, you know, forcing someone who's already being taxed a ton or not, you know, asking him to give even more, you can kind of understand why it's like, okay, well, you're already forcing me to pay for these things. Like, and now you're asking for more money. If, if the things I'm already being taxed for aren't good enough, aren't helping people, then let's figure out why. Is there waste there? That's a good point. You know, yeah. Are bureaucrats like living large off of the, the you know salary from my money? Is the money not actually going to help people? If not, then let's let's go fix that problem rather than just asking me to give even more money. That's a really good point. I wasn't thinking about that, but he talks about workhouses and we're, we don't get into what those are now and even prisons as as helping people get off the streets. And again, those are both things that failed. And so you have to think like, all right, why are we giving all our money to use to use these institutions when they're bad institutions? So that's a really good point. Mm. There's one more point that I want you to help me help me out with. And it's that Scrooge is portrayed as kind of this evil, greedy capitalist, which is funny because he's not he's not viewed as like spending all this this money on lavish things. He's just known as kind of hoarding it like that's that's his problem. But when we take a look at this, that's not really the case. And it looks like Scrooge actually helped his money to create value elsewhere. Yeah, the, the hoarding money reminds me of uh, watching DuckTales when I was yes. growing up. And, you know, Scrooge McDuck swimming in in big vaults full of gold, you know. And Always wanted to do that. 
Oh yeah, that'd be nice. You know, so so at one point, Scrooge's nephew uh, he says something like, you know, wealth is of no use to him. He doesn't do any good with it. Like he's not, you know, using it or whatever. And everyone seems angry that he's not using his money to do what other people want from him. But no one was really looking at the good that maybe he was already doing. I mean, he's you know loaning money out, and and borrowers are creating value with that money. Maybe starting businesses helping their family get through a tough time. Like he's making that available to people in you know, the book tells of the homeowner with a new roof. And I think there's a merchant who's able to, to buy some tea so that he can then profit from that and provide, you know, service to tea drinkers. And like those things don't sound evil at all. He's, he's actually through the market. It sounds like helping people who are in need uh, in his own way and being taxed for that purpose on top of that. And so I think there's a little bit of sympathy here that maybe Scrooge isn't the bad guy that we always think is uh, he is. We are going to link uh, you guys today on the show notes page to uh, an article. Uh, Brittany, I think you mentioned it, that the Mises Institute yes. put together kind of a defense of Scrooge. If the older kids and the parents want to learn a little bit more about these arguments and come up with a fun little twist, an opportunity to think about economics, even during Christmas time, <laughs> uh, in the context of a Christmas carol. Merry Christmas, you guys. We have a fun uh, episode for the next one. So we hope you'll stick with us. Make sure you're subscribed. Merry Christmas. And until next time, Brittany, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.